At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Zadenberg here with you. It's the look ahead on VCNV Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we'll get into the NFL draft with Seth Walder from ESPN. Talk about what his uh, model is showing for the uh, the draft predictor. It's uh, interesting stuff there at ESPN Sports Analytics. So we'll talk about that. I uh, want to get into the NBA playoffs here and Uh, How about this from Warriors PR? The Warriors have won at least one road game in each of the last 24 playoff series, an NBA record streak that began with a road victory in Denver in the first round of the 2013 players, uh, playoffs. That streak coincides with the tenures of Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. How about that? Win a game in the road, which was never a doubt, as uh, they get the victory here in uh, Denver against the Nuggets, taking a commanding three games to none series lead, 118-113. I started to think, because I heard this conversation uh, earlier, and I started to think about the NBA Finals MVP market as people are starting to float some things out on Twitter about some possible, uh, you know, good bets to win the finals MVP. Now, we're still in the first round of the playoffs, and we don't know who's going to the NBA finals. Or do we? You see, in the Eastern Conference, uh, right now, the favorites to go to the NBA finals in the Eastern Conference, it's the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, and both of them were up two games to none in tremendous situations, too win and advanced. And if they do advance, both of them could likely be on a collision course. The Milwaukee Bucks, should they get past uh, the Bulls in their series, they're going to be dealing with the loss of Chris Middleton. Who knows how long he will be out for. The 76ers look like they're going to sweep the Toronto Raptors, and then they will battle the um, Miami Heat uh, in the next round. Right? No, it'll be two... It'll be two... No, it'll be... uh, Yes, that's the way it'll look. So um, I think if you look at just these two teams at the top, if it's Miami against Philadelphia second round, I like Miami. And Milwaukee banged up against Boston, I like Boston. So yeah, I think Miami and Philly are on a collision course, so it makes sense. Those are the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. In the West right now, it is the Warriors and the Suns. More so the Warriors than the Suns. And honestly, I, with this Devin Booker injury, and and okay, maybe he comes back by the time they get to 
this next series, uh, whether it's against Dallas or Utah. I think it'll be against Dallas. I, I don't know if they're going to beat the Warriors. I don't know if anyone's going to beat the Warriors, if we're being honest. They look like the old Warriors. They have completely flipped a switch here in the postseason. And Jordan Poole has been the reason why. This dude is playing like vintage clay. He is unbelievable. He has been such a contributing factor for this team that it makes them the most dangerous version of the Warriors that we have seen since Durant left. And this team now, moving forward, they're going to get by. They're obviously going to sweep Denver. I think they'll beat Memphis, and I think they'll beat Phoenix. And in terms of betting a finals MVP, how special Jordan Poole has been, you can get him right now at about 35-1 to to win the MVP, the finals MVP. Other players that you can bet for, for the Golden State Warriors, the the favorite right now is Steph Curry. He's at 4-1. to You can get Draymond Green at 25 to 1, Clay Thompson at 55 to 1. Jordan Poole though 35 to 1. Now keep in mind that when the Warriors have won the title, Steph Curry never won the MVP. It was Kevin Durant twice and it was Andre Iguodala one time. Does that narrative come into play? We talked about this last year going into the NBA Finals, and I thought that it was going to be Chris Paul no matter what just because of the narrative. So is the narrative, hey, Steph Curry deserves one? Not if Jordan Poole is the best player on the floor. And so far through these three games, Jordan Poole has been the best player on the floor. So 35-1 to on Poole to win the Finals MVP, to me, would be the bet for the Warriors. The bet for the Suns, could be Chris Paul at 12 to 1. Devin Booker is at 12 to 1 as well. And Booker would obviously have to come back from injury and then excel. So those are the players on, on the Suns that you could look for. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, taking a look at the Celtics, Jason Tatum is at 70 to, uh, excuse me, 7 to 1, plus 700. Also on the Celtics, Jalen Brown, 35 to 1. Marcus Smart, 60 to 1. Hear me out. Let's say it's Celtics-Warriors, NBA Finals. Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year, absolutely stifles Steph Curry. Curry can't get his threes off. He scores, you know, mediocre numbers. And Marcus Smart is the reason why the Warriors' offense never gets going. And the Celtics win the NBA Finals on defense. Marcus Smart get Finals MVP. Now, when Andre Iguodala won, it was because he deed up and contained LeBron James. Perhaps that's what we see here from the Celtics. So, Marcus Smart, 60-1. to I don't hate. For the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, plus 950. Bam Adebayo, 24 to 1. How about Tyler Hero, 70 to 1? 
Let's say Tyler Hero knocks down a bunch of threes, scores 30 points off the bench, and is the real spark plug for this team that is the reason why they go on to win the NBA Finals. They lock him in at a good number right now, 70-1. to 1. Kind of interesting. Uh, any other teams that you might be interested in? Well, let me just read you the favorites here. Steph Curry is the favorite to be the Finals MVP right now. He's at 4-1, to one, followed by Jason Tatum, 7-1, to one, Jimmy Butler, plus 950. Giannis and John Morant are both 10-1, to one, followed by Chris Paul and Devin Booker and, and Joel Embiid at 12-1. to one. Luka is at 20-1. to one. The Mavericks win the title. He comes back, okay. Kevin Durant, 22-1. to one, And then we go so on and so forth. Your, your long shots that could have a chance or probably won't have a chance like if the Bucks make it and win the, the uh, and win the title, you got a hundred to one on Drew Holiday, two hundred and ten to one on Chris Middleton. If you think anybody besides Giannis could win the award, for let's see, if you think, um, how about Kyle Lowry? That's actually a good one. You know. He is at 140 to 1. If you think that he could be the reason why Miami wins the NBA Finals. There's lots of, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of fun bets that you can make on this. Um, but if you, you know, obviously taking a long shot now without knowing who's going to be in the NBA Finals is really clearly a risk. So uh, it's just a fun conversation to have when you're looking at these teams. Who would you bet on these specific teams? And what do these odds tell you about the teams that are favored to get there? With Curry being the favorite, they believe the Warriors are the favorite, which they are, uh, followed by the Celtics and the Heat and then the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think it's interesting to note that the Memphis Grizzlies are, are next ahead of the Phoenix Suns, despite the odds in the Western Conference um, right now have the Suns as the second favorite ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies. Yet, John Morant is less of a favorite or more of a favorite to win finals MVP than both Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Food for thought. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we're going to jump into the NFL draft. Seth Walder from uh, ESPN will join me here on the program. Seth does a great job um, with uh, ESPN Sports Analytics, and they have this uh, draft tool that is being used to predict who they uh, think is going to go where in which slot of the draft. So I'm going to ask him, uh, who he thinks and who he has um, for certain draft slots. And I really want to get into the Kayvon Thibodeau conversation because he seems to be the most polarizing figure here in the NFL draft. And, and I could see him going top three. I could see him going four, maybe five to the New York Giants. But I've even seen some mocks have him going outside the top five. His total over under right now is at four and a half. And Debo Samuel wants out. Is he going to end up on my Jets? Should they pay him? I'd like to see it. I'm sure Zach Wilson would like to see it as well. 
Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Catch up with Seth Wilder talking to NFL Draft coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN. Joining us now to talk a little NFL draft from ESPN Sports Analytics. He is Seth Walder. And Seth, before we get into the NFL draft, I have to selfishly ask you a question about Debo Samuel, not happy in San Francisco, wants out. I'm a New York Jets fan. The Jets are listed as the favorite to trade for him if he does get traded. Does he make the Jets better right away? I think he would certainly help quite a bit. I mean, the, the thing about Debo Samuel that I find amazing is that he led the league in yards after catch over expectation per, per reception. So basically, like, at the time of catch, based on where everyone was, we have a sort of expectation of how many yards after the catch he should get. Debo beat those expectations by more than anyone else, and it really wasn't that close. And then as a running back, uh, he also was among the leaders in rush yards over expectation per carry. So no matter what, when he has the ball in his hands, he is incredible at gaining additional yards that just the average player is just not going to get. My, my worry for a team like the Jets or something is if you give up significant draft capital for the right to pay him and a player who is granted young. So I think that that helps a lot. But you're for the right to pay someone who has that skill set of yards after catch. Whew, it's just it is definitely a gamble. And I think Mike, I heard my colleague Brian, Bill Barnwell say he thought that Debo Samuel's best year was 2021. Like when, when it's all said and done, that mm-hmm. would have been his best year. And I agree with that. Like I, I have a hard time imagining him repeating that performance. And it is always, it's really tough when you trade the draft pick for the right to pay them, right? Like if you're the 49ers and you want to pay Debo Samuel, if he wanted to be paid, you wouldn't have to give up a draft pick for him, right? You would just be paying him. Whereas the Jets would have to give up a pick and pay him, which yep. is tough, but Jets need receiving help. Oh, they do. I I think that if they don't make this move, then at number 10, they're going to take a wide receiver, and they might actually be able to take the first wide receiver off the board. Do you think that that's the case? Will a wide receiver go prior to number 10 in the Jets? Ooh, good question. Okay, so in our current draft day predictor, uh, which is our our draft tool, which can use, uh, which is based on mock drafts, uh, team needs, scouting grades. We think that Garrett Wilson, at, at, in the current format, which is a little bit, you know, we're updating this tonight, so it, it will uh, will shift a little bit. We do have Garrett Wilson as probably gone by the time uh, ten rolls around. Like not like as in a little more likely than not. I'm not sure they would have the 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 pick of them, but there's obviously or there's very likely to be multiple guys who they could take at mm-hmm. that 10 pick. And I agree with you. Like it would make all the sense in the world if they don't take get, get 
Debo Samuel, that they would use that 10 pick on a receiver. Yeah, like I have them taking Drake London at 10. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, I thought Drake London would be the first wide receiver taken off the board. And, and to me, it's just a comparison of what do you want? You want the big guy or do you want the possession guy? And, and that's the difference between Drake London and maybe someone like Garrett Wilson. Yeah, or, or I mean, what about Jamison Williams? Or Jamison Williams, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the direction I would I would want to go. I'm not uh, – that's going to depend on the medical stuff, of course. But, I, I mean, I would think that he would play there at 10, I, I would think. The, the most polarizing player, I think, at the top of this draft is Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I, I think that, you know, prior to this past season at Oregon, we talked about Thibodeau as the number one overall pick. And I I still have him going in the top five. I saw his uh, over-under at four and a half, which is, you know, pretty crazy, um, considering that I think he does go top five and maybe fifth overall is is where he goes. Where does your simulator have Kayvon Thibodeau being drafted? We're right on market there, basically. We have we have it, I guess, if you we would take the very, very, very uh, slight over. Um, we have four as being the most likely spot he goes, but uh, just over 50% of the time he's going uh, five or later. So uh, right there on market, four and five are the spots that I think he's most likely to go. Yeah. Uh, what about Sauce Gardner as he has really shot up this draft board? Big time. And the, and the model is all about Sauce Gardner going early. Like, I know I've, I've had Seahawks fans ask me, like, what are the chances of Gardner getting a nine? And we have it as super low that he gets, uh, gets to nine. Like, uh, we're talking single-digit percentages that he would make it that far. We think that he's kind of right in that same range with Thibodeau uh, where we're talking about three, four, five kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, for Gardner, uh, maybe he gets, you know, maybe if the Giants are there and they think Carolina is going to take a quarterback at six, maybe they, maybe the Giants wait until seven, but I just have a hard time seeing him get all the way to like the Seahawks at nine. The the two big tackles in this draft, Evan Neal and uh, Iki Akonu, uh, at one point were considered to be fighting for the number one overall position. Now it seems like they have dropped down to maybe below the top five. Uh, where do you have both of them being taken, or just where do you have the first one of those guys being taken? Yeah, so we have uh, Neal is going, we put him, well, the kind of area where he crosses the 50% threshold is right around pick six. Um, and I certainly think that Carolina could take an offensive lineman. Uh, they need help all over, but they definitely need help in uh, on an offensive line. Aquano right in that same zone. So I think it's not clear who goes uh, who goes first between those two. I think Aquano is in play at six, uh, in play at seven, in play at five. Uh, Giants both cases. So all both of those guys, I think it's really tight. If you were like trying to bet on them. It would be it would be tight. We would we would I think we lean Neil by just a tiny bit. So the quarterback conversation has surrounded Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett really uh, in the first round here. I've heard some rumblings about Desmond Ritter. How many quarterbacks go in this first round? DraftKings currently has the over under at two and a half. Ooh. All right, that's a good question. So here's here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a non-answer, and uh, <laughs> because 
where when we update our numbers, we have to then re-simulate everything in order to answer that question, which is how many of X position in the class. And the reason why uh, we have to do that is because when we're talking about players at the same position in particular, mm -hmm. when they're fighting, they're fighting for some of those same spots. So it's like, we might say that Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter are all could conceivably go at pick 20 to the Steelers, yep. but only one of them could be taken by the Steelers at pick 20. And so it ends up being like a, a much more complicated problem to, uh, to assess. I will say in our initial numbers, we, um, we had the under on three, under on three. You put, you said two and a half. Yep. Um, so we liked the under on three flat. So uh, I think that puts us right in that same ballpark. Ritter is interesting. In fact, all these guys are interesting because I don't think that we've previously had a situation where in, re in the last couple of years we've been doing this, we have as many guys who could conceivably be taken so early in the draft and then not even in the first round. Um, so we we don't really start Ritter's clock kind of until midway through the first. Uh, certainly in play there at like at like twenty, um, but and and for the Saints maybe, uh, but he could go into the second. I think Matt Corral's kind of like that too, where it's like, oh, he could he could conceivably go, you know, maybe 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 at the very top of the draft or midway through the first, but he could also definitely be going in the thirties or even the forties. You know what's crazy is uh, I think we're going to get over two and a half because I think that third quarterback being taken is going to be the last pick of the first round by the Detroit Lions. I think that makes sense. And there's one aspect that we talked about and internally, which is that we don't have in the model, which is like that, that little extra incentive the teams have to sneak into the first round to take that quarterback so they can get that lock in that fifth year option on them. But, you know, Detroit's there at 32. They're already sitting there. But if another team wants to get in there, they might say, hey, you know, if we're sitting there early in the second, maybe we pay a little bit more to get up to 31 or to one of the Chiefs picks uh, and and at 29 or 30, take the QB there. If we hit on this person, we end up getting extra leverage down the line because we get that fifth-year option. Seth, appreciate the time and the insight. We will be playing around with the uh, predictor on the uh, ESPN Sports Analytics. So great stuff there, and uh, good good luck and enjoy the draft. Thank you, Scott. And, you know, it's uh, like you mentioned, ESPNSportsAnalytics.com. We plan to update this live during the draft, so you can check it out on Thursday during the draft. If a player starts to fall, you want to see, like, his updated odds to hit a certain pick, that's all going to be updating live as the draft goes on. It's a really fun, like, second screen to have going while you're watching the draft. That's perfect because we know some of the online books will offer live betting during the NFL draft. Thanks so much, Seth. Thank you. He is Seth Wilder. Check him out uh, on Twitter. And, of course, the, the ESPN Sports Analytics. This is a really cool, this draft uh, tool here, as you can take a look at the chance that each player is taking at a certain position based on all the information that they have gathered there. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. As our good friend Dave Tooley notes on Twitter, NHL favorites on the ice here on Thursday went 9-2 and two with all nine winners covering the minus one and a half puck line. The upsets were by the Sabres. Shout out to Sean King. He liked the Sabres. They were plus 120 and they beat the Devils 5-2. And the Flyers, who beat the Canadiens, they also were plus 120, 6-3 was the final in that one. But 9-2, and two, the favorites go in all nine, covering the puck line, including a real miracle at the end, but with the Blues covering, scoring the empty netter with about 15 seconds left. So a tough day for the books. I know here at Circa, uh, somebody had, you know, hit something big, so it was uh, a fun day. I hit something big, so, well, not big, but, you know, I hit something pretty good. So it was a fun day on the ice. And really, with the final couple of games of the regular season, and right now there's only, you know, three, four games left in the regular season, I am taking advantage. And this is why I'm seeing these favorites win a lot and why you're seeing nine and two. And, by the way, the two favorites that didn't win were two meaningless games where every team is not, playing for a playoff spot. You see, I'm trying to take advantage of teams that are fighting for playoff positioning against teams that are currently out of the playoffs completely. And so the teams that I targeted here on Thursday were the Rangers against the Islanders, Rangers competing for first place in the Metropolitan Division, conversely, the Hurricanes, who were also competing for first place in the Metropolitan Division in their game against the Jets. Both of them won. Both of them covered the puck line. There was also the Kings, who are trying to solidify their themselves as the third-place team in the Pacific Division, and the Blues, who are trying to get home ice advantage in their series against Minnesota. And both of them won and covered the puck line. Minnesota was playing in a game against the Canucks, and again, they were playing for positioning uh, to try and get home ice advantage in that series. And they win 6-3. to three. And uh, the Flames beating the Stars was a game that, you know, I could have looked at the Stars maybe. I thought about it, but didn't like the line. The Flames have won eight of their last ten games. They were just too good, so stayed away from that one completely. But here's what we have on the schedule for Friday. Let's see if we can take advantage of some of these spots. And we're seeing the lines are reflective, right, because they're extremely high. But that's where you decide to go puck lines. And you get fortunate on a night like tonight where the favorites do come through on the puck line. So here's what we have on Friday. The Wilder at home against the Kraken. Minnesota is minus 290. It's a game that Minnesota shouldn't let slip. I know the Kraken have been playing better at, uh, as of late, but that's mainly at home. On the road, not so much. Minnesota also has couple of very good goaltenders, so it doesn't matter who's in net for them. Uh, I do like them to come away with a victory here, and I would expect them to cover the minus one and a half on the puck line. So whether it's Talbot or Fleury in net, I think that you can't go wrong with either one of them here. And I think that's the benefit that you get with Minnesota, that it's not 
a a regular backup goaltender situation here that you're dealing with. So Minnesota is still in a position where they are right now tied with St. Louis, but they have the tiebreaker, and they have played one less game than St. Louis. So they win this game. They'll be two points up on St. Louis for the second seed in the Central Division, and that would mean home ice advantage when these two teams face off against each other in the playoffs. St. Louis, by the way, 9-0-1 in their last 10 games. Minnesota 7-1-2 in their last 10. They have won three straight games. The Avalanche take on the Oilers, and Edmonton doesn't have anything. Well, Edmonton is trying to stay. I don't want to say that in the three four. Edmonton is trying to stay ahead of L.A. for the second seed, which means home ice advantage in their series against the Kings. The Avalanche, meanwhile, are two points back of the Panthers for the President's Trophy. Does it mean something to the Avalanche, who won the President's Trophy last season, to go out there and and play hard and win the President's Trophy again? Me, I don't know. They lost the last two games that they've played to the Capitals and the Kraken, and we could see some more players getting some rest here down the stretch as the Avalanche try and avoid the early postseason exits that have haunted them for the past several seasons. So Colorado minus 115 on the road. I would actually lean towards the Edmonton Oilers in this one. And then the Capitals, who are at the Coyotes. The Capitals right now are two points back of Pittsburgh for the three seed in the Metropolitan. That would mean avoiding a wild card game and avoiding the Florida Panthers in the first round. Now, your prize might be the Rangers or the Hurricanes, but hey, you're avoiding the Florida Panthers. Uh, For the wild card race, if they were to stay the wild card, well, they're only two points back of Boston. And that also is a battle to avoid playing the Florida Panthers in the first round. Washington is minus 400 in this game. The to- the uh, puck line of minus one and a half is minus 145. Honestly, you can lay it. And you could probably look at a Capitals team total also because they're going to score at least four goals in this game. I like the Capitals to win. I like the Capitals to win big in a game where they can't let it slip away. Here's the outlook over the weekend, though. Uh, for some teams that need the games. The Penguins will be at the Red Wings on Saturday. They need that game. Um, Rangers at the Bruins. That's going to be a tough game. I look I look to the under in that game just because both of them need the win. Hurricanes are at the Devils. The Hurricanes should win that one. Um, let's see. You got the uh, Stars hosting the Kraken. Stars should win that one. Blues at the Coyotes. The Blues should win that one and win big. And the Kings host the Ducks. I would expect the Kings to win that one. Then on Sunday, you got Hurricanes at the Islanders. Tough spot for the Hurricanes, but that's it's a game they can't let slip away. Oilers at the Jackets. I like the Oilers. Penguins at the Flyers. You like the Penguins. Um, let's see. Bruins at the Canadiens. You love the Bruins there. Wild Predators is too close to call. Blues at the Ducks. You love the Blues there. And then Sharks, Golden Knights, you love Vegas on Sunday night. 
that would be a game that I would certainly play. So that's your outlook right now. If the playoffs ended today, Florida would be the one seed in the Eastern Conference playing against the second wild card in the Capitals. Your two seed Carolina Hurricanes would play against the first wild card team in Boston. And then Toronto and Tampa would face each other. Rangers and Penguins would face each other. In the Western Conference, it'll be Colorado as the one seed against the second wild card in Dallas. The two seed Calgary will play the sec- the first wild card in Nashville. And then Minnesota St. Louis will play each other. Edmonton and the Kings will play each other. Your current futures market right now in the NHL. The favorite to win the title is the Colorado Avalanche, followed by the Florida Panthers. Panthers are plus 550. Then the Maple Leafs at 9-1, to one, Flames at 9-1. to one. And uh, I don't hate, you know, a Hurricane 12-1, to one, Rangers 16-1, to one, even a team like the Bruins at 16-1. to one. But the Lightning, your two-time defending Stanley Cup champs, are there at 11-1. to one. In the Eastern Conference, it's the Panthers plus 300, Leafs plus 450, Lightning plus 550, Hurricanes 6-1, to one, Bruins and Rangers 8-1, to one, and the Penguins plus 850. I kind of like those longer shots. In the Western Conference, it's the Avalanche plus 140, Flames plus 380. I like Minnesota at 8-1. to one. Uh, St. Louis at 10 to 1, not a bad bet either. And then Edmonton at 11 to 1. And here's what I find is very interesting Vegas is next at 16 to 1. Right now, Vegas isn't even in the playoffs. The Kings, 30 to 1. They're in the playoffs right now. And they're going to be in the playoffs. Yet the Kings are 30 to 1. Vegas is 16 to 1. Just shows you where the money is coming in. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We will go through the Major League Baseball board here for Friday, pick out some spots, some leans, talk through the handicaps of where we are leaning with our plays coming up here for Friday and uh, finalize the leans for the NBA playoff games that we will see here on Friday as well. You can hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. Of course, once again, hit me up, Scott Seidenberg, at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN. It's the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN is all in for the draft next week, right here in Las Vegas. We have a special draft preview show this Sunday at 6 p.m. Tim Murray and Sean King will break down all the first round prospects and props. Expert guests include legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golick and Mike Golick Jr. VSIN's draft preview special is this Sunday at 6 p.m. exclusively on VSIN. And don't forget to download our NFL draft betting guide featuring best bets, mock drafts, and everything you need to score big this draft season. Download it today for just $10. Go to vsin.com slash draft for more information. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Looking to stay strong here with the Major League Baseball picks over the last two days, 10 total picks, eight total winners. So eight and two in Major League Baseball picks. All the picks are available in uh, on vcin.com under the Daily Host Best Bets. So if you're looking for it, because I've had some people tweet at me and ask where to find it, just on your homepage, you can uh, scroll down to the Quick Links section and click on Daily Best Bets from Hosts, and then click on the day of the week, and you will get all the hosts, not just mine, but all the hosts' picks for that day. And I will have the Major League Baseball picks, including the Major League Baseball play of the day, which is 11-3-1 to start the year. But overall, the past 10 picks up on vcin.com, 8-2. and two. We had two straight 4-1 and one days. So uh, as uh, Brent Musburger likes to say, cash and tickets is what we do, is what it's all about. And uh, also, in your subscriber emails that you get every morning when you wake up, um, my picks might not be there because I don't really settle on my baseball picks until the lineups come out the next day. But there's a link in your email that says click here for updated picks. So just open up your subscriber email that shows you all those daily picks and stuff and the best bets, I mean, and then just click on that link and it'll bring you to the updated um picks page there so that's where you'll find all my baseball selections um let's look at some of the games that are intriguing me for friday mets and diamondbacks play in arizona the mets have been on fire to start the season they're 10 and 4 uh, first team in major league baseball with double digit wins uh buckshaw walter has made a real impact on this team uh, they're facing the diamondbacks who not exactly off to the best start they're five and eight i think they're uh they are a team though that People might look to fade and bet the under a lot, but they're going to be challenging. They're going to win more than their fair share of games. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to be a, a you know a 70 win team, but a 75 win team. But I don't think this is a 61 or 62 win team. I think they'll win above that number. I think they'll be right around what their preseason total was at. You know, maybe 69, something like that. Anyway, Zach Gowan and David Peterson on the hill. Um, Zach Gowan in uh, his first start, four innings, shutout baseball against who? The New York Mets. Uh, David Peterson, meanwhile, gets the start for the Mets uh, against Arizona. He threw four and a third innings of shutout baseball against Arizona. In his first start before that, he uh, four innings of shutout baseball against Philly. Um, both these pitchers just shut out the opposing teams. I can go with a first five under, but I might just jump on on a full game under, to be honest with you. Eight and a half seems to be pretty high for both of these pitchers. I know that the Mets offense has been really good, but, you know, for a guy like Zach Gowan, there's two pitchers that I back with the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's Merrill Kelly and Zach Gowan. So with Gowan on the hill and and with Peterson off to a good start this season, uh, I could see a little maybe, um, you know, a little... I don't know. I don't want to say. Uh, I don't want to say the Mets will be lethargic in this one. You know, they just wrapped up their series and, and did pretty well in it. Uh, but I, I think that maybe we could see this being a low-scoring game between the Mets and the Diamondbacks. Uh, taking a look also at the um, White Sox and the Twins. It's an even spread between these two teams, and I think that the White Sox right now are a positive. Uh, positive regression candidate. And I know that that's a double, that's that's an oxymoron. So they're a progression candidate. Like they're going to get better. Uh, the, the, 
they had so many in this series against the Guardians. They had so many batted balls that should have been hits, but they were outs. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can look up, and Baseball Savant does a great job at this. You get the expected batting average and, the, you know, the expected batting average of a ball that is hit with a certain exit velocity um, and where it's hit on the field and how often it usually falls for a hit. And for the White Sox, the actual results don't match what the stat cast is showing, meaning they're getting unlucky. They're hitting hard outs, loud outs. They're hitting balls, atom balls, right at guys. I mean, Stephen Kwan made a play today in left field where I think it was Jake Berger hit a missile 114 miles per hour off the bat that should have been extra bases. And this dude made a leaping catch on the run to take away a hit. Things like that. You know, um, balls that maybe normally would be resulting in home runs because of the deader baseball, the humidor effect, whatever, are being caught at the warning track. Or just hard line drives right to guys. Like we saw a hard, there was a hard line drive here today, went right to the third baseman for an out. There was a hard line drive that was stolen by the first baseman for an out. Um, so line outs, uh, great plays in the field, diving plays. Like There's a lot that goes into why the expected batting average is higher than the actual batting average. Ultimately, I think over time, those things even out. If you keep putting solid contact on the ball, those balls will fall. You're going to find hits. As long as you're not striking out or popping up, uh, I think it'll happen for you. Put the ball in play, good things happen. It's it's crazy because there was a play today where they, like I said, the Jake Berger line out, 114, 115 miles per hour off the bat, and that's a ridiculous catch for an out. Meanwhile, there was a different play where a player dribbled the ball in front of the mound or in front of the home plate, and he got an infield single. So it's like, what are you going to do? That's baseball, Susan, right? One guy hits 115 mile an hour out. Another guy dribbles it in front of the home plate, a swinging bunt essentially, and like a cue shot off the end of the bat, and it results in a single. Um, Baseball is a harsh sport sometimes. But with Michael Kopech on the hill against Bailey Ober, Bailey Ober is a guy who gives up a lot of home runs and in a ballpark in Minnesota that I think the ball could be traveling and you could hit some home runs, I would not be surprised to see the White Sox have a little bit of a positive movement here and get a little more luck involved in their um, in their hits, in their swings. So keep the swings going, keep the good contact going, and the balls will eventually fall. So even money, I think, is a good line here to take the White Sox on the road against the Twins with Michael Kopech on the hill against Bailey Ober. Rockies and Tigers from Detroit, Antonio Sanzatella against Tariq Skubal. And the total is eight. I don't hate the over here. And I know unders have dominated in Major League Baseball, but Tigers have a good hitting lineup. I do think they can put some runs on the board. And all I'm asking for is really like three runs here. Maybe three, maybe four. Um, because I, I, I can see the Rockies scoring some runs here. They, they have, their offense has been very, very good to start the season. What we're talking about right now one of the top teams in all of baseball in batting average, in 
you know, slugging, all that stuff, it's the Colorado Rockies. In fact, right now, I'll look at the leaderboard right now. Rockies are number one in batting average. They are number one in slugging percentage. Gee, it sounds like you just said that, Scott. They're number one in OPS. They are, so you're talking about just an offense that just gets a lot of hits. They get on base. Um, In terms of run production, though, not the best. The Cleveland Guardians have the most runs scored in Major League Baseball right now. The Angels tied with the Blue Jays and the Braves for the most home runs right now in Major League Baseball. Uh, Baltimore Orioles have the most strikeouts, in case you were wondering with that one. And the lowest average right now in Major League Baseball is the Arizona Diamondbacks. So you want to talk about the under in the Diamondbacks Mets? You got a team like Arizona that has the worst batting average right now in Major League Baseball. Hey, coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. We'll join the program 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Our very own Mike Pritchard, former first-round pick, 13th overall in 1991, will join the program at 9 a.m. And then Dan Duggan from the Athletic covering the San Francisco Giants will join the program at uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, my baseball picks will be updated throughout the day up on the vcin.com Daily best bets from hosts link. I will tweet them out as well at Scott's on air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. 